What's going on, bud? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Y'all surviving? Just Good. Uh, trying to stay dry. I mean, it's wet here in Seattle. Right oh, yeah? Now. It's raining already. Oh, God. It, it's, it's more than <laughs> raining. <laughs> so, you've been doing a lot of this stuff, haven't you? Interviews. Uh, my fair share. Yeah, I think everybody's got time on their hands with all this COVID crap going on. So, I uh, get a lot of people reaching out for interviews and, and podcast stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't mind. If it's in the schedule, why not? I'm glad it's in your schedule to do this. But uh, it's really good seeing you, too. I mean, you're at a distance, but, hey, we're more than six <laughs> feet apart. Yeah, uh, well, I don't think we have to worry about social distancing via Zoom. No. But, uh, all good. Not at all. In, well. in fact, looking behind you through the window there, it kind of looks like you've got decent weather. Uh, Vegas is nice this time of year. It's uh, generally 60s and 70s. I think it's going to be 75, uh, maybe a little higher than that today. So this is a real nice time of year in Vegas. Nice, nice. So uh, is Mindy joining us today? She's coming down, yep. Okay. Uh, I hope she didn't mind. No, no, she's she's happy to do it. Um, yeah. Hey, listeners, this is your host, Chuck Tuck. Have I got a treat for you today? I have the one, the only Hall of Fame UFC champ, former UFC, Randy the Natural Couture, and Mindy Robinson today. So it's not your typical, you know, what's it like being in a fight career? What was it like being in a fight career? What are you doing after retirement with the fight career? This is actually kind of scratching the surface of the everyday regular stuff, who they are, what they do, what they like to do, um, their life. So enjoy it. And oh, little heads up. I will be releasing actually a video uh, podcast of this in a couple of days. Again, thanks for listening. And here we go. Hey, Randy. out here recently weren't you at Jeff? Uh, it's been a while since i've been out has it been okay yeah. uh jeff uh we had some uh, a production crew come out uh here's men's <laughs> we had a uh, production crew come out and interview uh don totten and jeff lynn and my mom for a six-part documentary series that they're doing uh, that'll air on uh, ESPN sometime in the very near future. Um, PFL, the fight company that I've been working for the last couple of years, formed a production company since they couldn't do any shows during the, the COVID lockdown. And one of the things that they wanted to do uh, in the production company was this documentary. So uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited about it. Very uh, nice. I think they talked to Coach K Spear. Um, you know, obviously Don and Jeff, I, I think I've known both those guys. Well, I know I've known Donnie since first grade. Um, and Jeff, I think since junior high school, since seventh grade. Um, so it's, you know, pretty cool. Did you ever play soccer back then? Yes, I was on the Red Raiders. Me, Jeff, Donnie, Robert Anderson. Uh, you know, I think from the time I was five years old, we, we you know, we all played soccer together. You know, it's crazy, Randy. What's that? You and I played on the same team together. Yeah, I know we did. 
I I I was thinking about it today, going, hell, I wonder if he was on Red Raiders. <laughs> yes, of course. Holy shit! That's funny. Wow. Hey, it's Mitch. always been my favorite sport. It was my first sport and, and my favorite sport. It's one of the few sports I can sit and watch on TV and yeah. not, you know, not be bored watching it on TV. You know what's crazy, though? It seems like it's kind of changed over the years, at least for the junior leagues, the, the little kids. Um, I, I went out one year. Um, I went to Idaho to watch this uh, kids tournament. Tur- youth, youth tournament, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going, wait a second. There's only four people at the front line. What, what, how come there's four back there instead of two for the, you know, uh, defending the yeah. goal? I'm going, this is nuts. Yeah. Was it, uh, yeah, well, the different configurations that people use too. I mean, you know, I think Coach Anderson played around with that a little bit. I think sometimes we had a five front, you know, five man front with three halfbacks and two fullbacks. And then I remember him switching that up and going four and four with two halfbacks and, you know, kind of mixing the configuration up. Yeah, my coach was always the standard. Five on the front line, two in the back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we have? We had uh, Jeff Denton and, and Kozad. Yeah. He were, our two, he were our two fullbacks, and they used to kick butt. God. Man, there's got to be some pictures out there of us on the field together somewhere. <laughs> I've got a picture of um, Anderson, Stevenson, myself, Somebody else, I could be you, just lined up, just uh, like oh. five of us guys in a picture. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, hey, the first thing I wanted to ask, Mindy, how are the two of you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, it's not every, I guess, week that you're, uh, you break your butt and it makes national news. So, uh, yeah. it also makes national news when we unbroke my butt. So, yay, I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Were you as badly injured as Randy? No, he broke my fall. Um, <laughs> no, he, he had the five broken bones. I had three fractures to my spine. So he couldn't lift his arm up and I couldn't bend over. So we were like 150-year-old people trying to dress each other in the morning. It was actually kind of cute. <laughs> Together we made a whole person. Yeah, almost, yeah. yeah. Almost. <laughs> a slow whole person. <laughs> that had to been pretty damn painful but scary when it first happened i mean especially like you said if you injure your back or do something like that and and you randy with five busted up bones or something yeah i broke four ribs punctured my lung and then broke my left shoulder and uh the shoulders healed up great it feels fine and you know they put plates in they went in and plated it so it heals a lot faster that way the ribs are still a little a little ginger a little tender but not bad they're not bothering me so those actually healed up faster than I thought they would. The ribs, they're usually slow. Uh, ribs don't get a lot of blood flow, so it's harder to heal up ribs. But uh, we're doing well, feeling much better, back to 100%. Good. So that means uh, no tickling on the ribs by you, right? <laughs> I think I can stand some tickling. <laughs> no about taking a shot, but uh, tickling, I think I can do it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I, I just a couple of things that or more than a couple of things, but um, since you've done a lot of this already and there's, you know, a lot of people know a lot about you, I kind of want to bring the two of you in together, talk about what things are going on and stuff like that. But I also want to step back and find out from you um, from your childhood moving forward, you know, what was, what were you like? What was it like as Randy Couture as a kid first through sixth grade? 
middle school, high school. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I grew up right there across the street from Oak Heights Elementary School. Um, so I walked to school every day, first grade through, you know, kindergarten, first grade, all the way through. Um, and then obviously we rode the bus to Alderwood Junior High School. The bus stop was right in my front yard. So Bobby and Tim Deachman and all those guys used to come. We'd watch our gang theater on my TV and wait for the bus to pull up. And then we'd all bust out the front door and run down the front yard to get on the bus before it took off. <laughs> we used to, uh, we used to raid the gardens, you know, Jack Thomas, Mike Sloy, Tim Deachman. We used to go out in, in that kind of rural area of, of Linwood where there were still little horse farms and ranches and felt like a lot of people in the neighborhood had, had their own gardens in the backyard. You know, I think that's the way Seattle used to be. Yeah. It was kind of a do it yourself kind of a place. We motor on grasses. We worked on our, and changed the oil in our own cars. We, we, we were kind of a, we always seemed to have this do it yourself mentality there that, that I grew up on. And I loved about that area. And, uh, I think that's changed. I don't, I don't think it's that way anymore, but, uh, and the area has just exploded. It's gotten so much bigger. When I come to see my mom and my sister, I mean, I don't even remember parts of the old neighborhood. Uh, it's just exploded, but, uh, it was never one of those kids that was in a lot of trouble, any serious trouble. You know, I think raiding gardens and stealing Christmas bulbs, uh, off the string was probably as, as serious as, as it got for us, uh, you know, growing up. And then, you know, sports was a huge part of my life. My mom, as a single parent, put me in every lesson and every sport you could think of to try to keep me out of trouble. Uh, I, hell, I took tennis lessons. I had roller skating lessons. Uh, I, had, I mean, you name it. And I, I probably tried it. Bowling, uh, I tried it. Um, so, I, and, and I think through athletics, I kind of found my place. I found my groove. Uh, those coaches were important guys uh, yeah. in my life because there was no male figure for the most part of me, for me growing up. Uh, you know, I had a stepdad for junior high and high school. He wasn't exactly a loving, caring individual. Um, and, and, you know, we got through it and I learned a lot. In some ways he was the man's man, you know, again, worked on cars, built his own crab pots, took me hunting, did a lot of outdoor stuff. But at the same time, he was he was kind of an incessant tease, uh, almost to the point of being cruel. So, um, you know, it, it is what it is. I think we all have our crosses. Yeah. Well. Fear. On your end. Those guys were important guys. Uh, in my life, uh, they, they were the figure that I needed. If I needed a cast, they were the ones that were probably going to give it to me. If I needed, you know, a, an arm around my shoulder and a nudia, you know, a head rub, saying it's going to be already fine. Th those were the guys that did that too. So, yeah. um, you know, graduated in 81, um, ended up uh, walking on at Washington State University. That was, they still had a rest of the program didn't really give me attention as time state champion uh for any national scholarships or anything like that um but you know sold my car to be able to pay for that that year of school and um ended up uh you know i'd been dating sharon kuma uh our our whole senior year um uh, we kind of broke up that summer 
and, and we're both going away. She went to University of Washington. I went across the state to Washington State University. Uh, by Christmas that, that year in, in late 81, uh, she was pregnant uh, with Ryan, my oldest. And uh, right. I, at that point, I think I got the blind on. I went on autopilot. I wasn't going to be like my dad. I was going to be a part of this kid's life no matter what. And uh, Sharon was like, we're having this baby. I'm doing this without you, with or without you, which obviously was a no-brainer. I was going to be be there. And so we ended up getting married that February of 1982. Uh, and that's when I joined the Army. Uh, spent six years in the Army to support a new family. Wow. Um, and that, that's kind of when I left the Seattle area, went away to basic training at Fort Bliss, Texas, advanced training at Fort Rucker, Alabama. They trained me as an air traffic controller. Um Gave me a $5,000 enlistment bonus because that's right around the time that Reagan fired all those air traffic controllers. And uh, all those military guys took all those civilian jobs. There was a big vacancy in the services. So, uh, you know, 5000 to me was a lot of money in 1982. Holy crap. Especially with a, a baby, you know, that just arrived. And, uh, and for me old till I was 25. Hey, just let you know, Randy, if you can hear me. Communism? Yeah. I can hear you. You just okay. get stuck yeah. once in a while. Yeah, and all of a sudden it did the... Max Headroom. You went full yeah, Max Headroom. Exactly right. Hey, I wanted to throw something in here. So you mentioned about the high school and the class of 81. Mindy, did you know what she he was voted... Me. <laughs> oh, campus cutie wow. he had this beautiful hair i think he had on like um like a sweater looking thing or something like that a velour, kind of velour v-neck yeah yeah <laughs> me and connie well yes so i gotta ask you maybe we were voted most of most of you got most desirable Oh, man. <laughs> Damn it. This keeps freezing up. He's frozen happily, though. <laughs> uh, is it you or me? I, I think it's I on your pretty end. good Wi-Fi here. Yeah. yeah, I've got pretty good, it seems like, but we'll huh. make it work. Yeah, uh, it's. I, I may have to pull out the uh, the yearbook thing and take a look through there again. But, you know, this guy that you got next to you, <laughs> he's still a good-looking guy. You know, the one thing is... Yeah. What year did you graduate? What? Yeah, here it comes. What year did you graduate? This is, every time I tell her what year I graduated high school or mentioned high school, she says, oh, when I was one years old. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> he was born in 1980. So Wow. All right. Can we just call it Robin the Cradle? <laughs> we'll just say it right now. I get all the jokes and the music and all that stuff. I don't feel like, like, when the older you get, the less space I think you have, you know, between generations. It's supposed to be Generation X, but I feel old. (laughs) (laughs) Mindy, as long as you know who Van Halen is, ACDC. Hey, I'm David Lee Roth. I'm not even a fan of like Hager. I'm I'm all David Lee Roth. That's how you Yeah, Mr. DLR. (laughs) Uh, I I took her to, uh, the, when the film for Rush came out in the theaters, we went and saw oh, yeah. the Rush documentary. And it was really good. I felt like I was at a Rush concert again. And that was certainly one of my favorites growing up. 
and we got a big influence from Canada there in Seattle. Um, yeah. As kids. So, uh, Rush has always been one of my favorite and she was never really into Rush or knew much about Rush until, so I drug her to that documentary movie that they did. But the songs are so long. Like you have to like, you need a <laughs> break in between them or something, you know? Everything's short attention span theater from the eighties and nineties. Everything's about three and a half minutes. Here you're like, oh, okay. But it was cool. I feel like I went to the concert, so. It's kind well, of that's cool, then. Wait, you know what? You're going to have to step way back and go to with the Beach Boys or something because they're like two and a half minute songs, and that's it. You're done. Yes, yes. Showed attention span theater. I love it. Yeah. Well, Mindy was the youngest. She had four older siblings, and so she heard and learned not only her parents' music but all of her older siblings. So it always blows my mind when she's listening. You know, I'm putting <laughs> on the radio, and she knows all the words to all the songs that I grew up on. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this picture? That goes to show and tell you that the music that we grew up with, hands down, was the best. It was. I, I, always, I always think, like, the best songs that were ever written have been written. I mean, when was the last time you heard a new song? You're like, yeah, like, no, they're, they're pretty bad. Like, I feel like all the good music, all the hooks have been kind of written so well, far. That's why they write about breakups and stuff like that now. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Taylor Swift. I shouldn't even say oh, that. I'm gonna have to go. You know what's gonna happen. I hate Taylor Swift so much. I make him change the channel every time it's on. It's so complaining, so whiny. <laughs> Tim McGraw, shut up, woman. All right. You know what? I was gonna do this uh, like this or that fast questions at the end, but I'm gonna throw one of them out right now, and this is then specifically for you, Mindy. Uh oh. Bob Seger or Bad Company. Bob's, Bob's yeah. CCR is my favorite band, if you can believe it. Really? Look how surprised. Yeah, it's my favorite band. <laughs> Old man is rubbing off on you. I mean, hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can hear me yelling from across the room, doesn't matter what it is. You know, I just love CCR. It's so American. It's so gritty. I like it. Yeah, I love Bob Seeger, but I, I would I would have answered that uh, bad cover. Huh. I like that. I mean, 10 from 6, that greatest hits album is probably one of the, my favorite albums. There's so many amazing songs on that album. And uh, gosh, what was Lori Reed? I remember I, I dated Lori Reed a little bit in, in high school, and she was a huge Bad Company fan and kind of got me into it. And, and uh, yeah. Dang. Well, you know, I got to tell you, Paul Rogers is probably one of the nicest guys that I've ever come across or met in the music industry. Uh, I was doing one of his oh, shows, I was shooting it. I come off the stage, and then he comes off. He looks at me and he goes, Hi, I'm Paul Rogers. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I know. And he goes, if I would have known you were shooting the show, I would have given you space over by the piano. I'm thinking, hey, it's just a pleasure <laughs> being up here. Uh, well, he's an amazing singer for sure. Yeah, he is. I mean, that guy, like you, like the two of you, I mean, you, you guys are in phenomenal shape. So I don't know what he does, but what's the secret with the two of you? We're very active. Um, I think when I first started dating Mindy, she didn't, she didn't really work out. She used to go to the gym with me and sit on the apron and watch me train and, and play on her phone. And then finally I, I convinced her that, you know, we could adjust these workouts and she could join me. And, and now she's riding workouts and got me dragging uh -huh. me to them. And, um, you know, when I retired from fighting, I started that intermittent fasting. I knew I got away with murder. Uh, at, you know, training twice a day, five or six days a week, I could pretty much eat whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And when I retired from fighting in 2011, I knew I wasn't, wasn't going to be training the same way. 
And if I tried to eat the same way, I would be a fat bastard in a short time. So uh, uh, I started doing that intermittent fasting back then. And Mindy kind of got on board with that whole program, too. And- By proxy. I mean, I had no choice. There's just no breakfast. You know what I mean? I'm going to cook myself. This is sad. And I'll snack a little bit more than he does. But, yeah, I mean, I was 105 pounds when he met me. I was pretty skinny. Yeah. And then we, you know, I started getting... I fattened her up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had a workout to kind of make up for that too. So and I'm like a good one fifteen, which is pretty good for my age. Right? Oh, she's throwing in pretty good for my age. Well, well it's true. I mean, like I'm forty. I feel like, by, like in five more years, I'm going to be down to eating ground up coffee rinds. Like I feel like I'm. <laughs> I literally eat only like fifty. I don't eat a lot, you know. So oh, every year it's less and less. It's so much fun getting older. Ah, I thought you were like twenty five. You're right. I don't want to be a good-looking forty-year-old and a questionable twenty-five-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, eh, you know, so. I'm just gonna start lying and saying I'm fifty. I just had a lot of work. Oh, <laughs> no, you can say I'm fifty, and this is how good I look. This right. is how great I look. look They'll great. say, "Man, you've never aged." <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a good seventy-three-year-old. Some would say, you know, I, I Christy Brinkley. Oh my gosh, she looks. Great. What is she like, sixty-five or something like that? Mm-hmm. I'll even throw in Steven Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Steven's held up pretty well too. His liver. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's what is he seventy, seventy or something, seventy-two. Sam Hagar. Uh, you, although you said you like DLR better, Sammy. Sammy last year. Sammy was great. Great performer. Yeah, amazing good. guy. I kind of like, I, I like the Sammy days. I think, you know, obviously, you know, Eddie Van Halen, rest in peace. Um, yeah. I, 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 as much as I grew up on the David Lee Roth days of Van Halen, uh, I think the band grew with me too. And, and it became Sammy Hagar. And that still struck a big chord with me. Uh, the, Mindy, you're over there singing away. I got to ask you, what's your favorite song by Van Halen? I, I just- <laughs> I just like David Lee Roth. I feel like I feel like Sammy Hagar has the better power voice. He never misses. But then, you know, David's got character to his voice. He's got charm. He's gritty. I just like that better. You know Same what? Long, like I love it. <laughs> this just came to me just now. I'm gonna have to make this an official song for me to you guys in by David Lee Roth. That's life. That's life. <laughs> I don't know the words, but <laughs> so, um, you know, we're just blowing through none of the questions I had all up here. I've got, I've got all these screens all up here and I'm looking going, all right, where are we right now? Uh, well, heck we've just gone right through everything. Just nothing in order. Uh, but I do want to stick with some of this nutritional kind of stuff because okay. the two of you are in incredible, um, incredible shape. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep going. Uh, it, it is early on, I think maybe when you started your uh, training camp and everything, didn't you have a line of supplements? Yeah, you used to have a supplement company. When I moved to Vegas 15 years ago, I was working with a doctor, uh, Dr. Fitzgerald, and he specialized in sports nutrition. And he, him and his son trained at the gym at Extreme Couture. Mm. And, uh, and I was going through a divorce at that time and, and trying to compete and opening a new business. I was under a lot of stress. And so he, he saw me, he's like, Hey man, I'd love to do a blood chem panel on you. See what your hormones are doing. See what's going on with you. 
And so we did that. And uh, those results came back. He's like, dude, I don't know how you're doing anything. You're a mess. So he started me on a supplement regime back then. Uh, within six months, we did another panel. My hormones and everything had turned around, gotten back up where they're supposed to. Fight training and, and fighting in general is very, very hard on your adrenal glands, the stress, which can affect a whole cascade of other hormones, um, your body fat, your libido, all kinds of things. So through natural supplementation and working with him, I would do blood work every six months and we'd tweak it a little bit once we found that initial formula. And I think that allowed me some longevity. I'm, you know, allowed me to fight well into my 40s. I, I retired at 47. Um, you know, I think we get smarter as we get older. We, we do a lot less of the stupid shit we did when we were in our 20s. We say that right after we just hit uh, a tree. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that too. I think wrestling for as long as I wrestled for the national team and at Oklahoma State and all that, well into my 30s, it'll, again, raised my general fitness level that allowed me also to continue to compete at a high level, you know, into my late thirties and forties. Um, some of it is, is frankly is genetics. I can't, I can't, everybody asked me that question. Certainly other fighters asked me about that. How did I, was I able to sustain, you know, my, my body and, and health and, and fitness level for so long and in, in well into my forties. And I think that's becoming more of, a, of the norm through the science of athletics. You're seeing more and more guys in their forties, still kicking butt. Look at Breeze. Look at Brady. I mean, there's a, a plethora of guys out there that are examples of how far we've come in sports science and getting the most out of our bodies. I think what used to be over the hill was 30, and I think that's been pushed back to, to 40 or, or somewhere there above 40. So, um, And I've just kind of got caught up in that, in that space where, you know, I started fighting at 30, you know, 33, almost 34 years old by most people's estimation I was already over the hill and I was just getting into the sport so again I think wrestling and keeping that competition level high for all those years in wrestling and then transitioning to fighting was a big key for me Um, Me, I think she's just blessed with some good genetics (laughs) still like this (laughs) yeah she's got very strong thumbs I do Uh, So do either one of you actually do like a supplement regiment? Do you take supplements every day or is it? I am. Uh, I like, still yeah. use the same. Yeah. I still use the same supplement regime that I, that I developed with Dr. Fitzgerald back, you know, 15 years ago when I moved to Vegas, uh, it's changed and tweaked a little bit. There's some of the things, the phospholysteria and some of the other supplements that I don't, I, I don't take anymore. Cause I'm not getting punched in the face yeah. anymore. But uh, I still want to keep a lean body, you know, still stepping in front of the camera with guys like Stallone. You don't want to be walking out there with Dunlop's disease, eating a bonbon. I mean, it's just a really bad idea. And I think Mindy falls in that same category, too. She's doing a lot of films. And it's, I think, harder almost for, for women sometimes to, yeah. you know, she goes on a crash diet when she's got a film coming just because she wants to make sure she looks I, good. I like my size. I like the, my weight and everything when I walk around. But when you're on film and when you do appearances and stuff, you have to just shave that down. Kind of like when he would have to wrestle, you kind of have to like lose weight. 
it just looks better on film. It just sells better because the camera really, really does add a lot of weight. So like, I think I'm fine. And then I'll have like three or four or five days before something. Then he's like, what do you, I'm just drinking Red Bull for lunch and just kind of like, <laughs> just trying to distract myself from like, you know, it's really a crash diet. And then as soon as I'm done, I, I start right back to where I was. I pop right back. So I go between like a, I'm usually like a size three, but I'll, I'll have to cut down to like a zero in like a few days. It is not fun. It's a lot of coffee. The book, <laughs> it's just like the fighting thing. You got to cut down when it's time. We are competitive. Yeah, get down to fighting. <laughs> yeah, he calls it this. So, um, Randy, are you taking any acting lessons from her? Because she has a freaking sh- <laughs> shitload of film credits. What didn't I? <laughs> Reality, <laughs> the real thing, everything. I actually have, we, I've learned a lot from her. We, we rehearse a lot together. We study a lot together. She gets parts and I'll read her, you know, parts for her. I'll get par, uh, parts or auditions. She'll read my side of things. And we, we both have input back and forth. And, uh, but definitely learned a lot from her. She built her, her acting career from the ground up. You know, I had athletics that kind of opened that door for me and, and brought me in, in in a little bit different place, but literally she started from, background work and worked her way into features and, and everything. So I've learned a lot from that journey that she's been on for sure. Uh, that, I mean, that's really awesome. And, and I know that, um, all right, somebody be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's probably about rehearsal for me tonight. In fact, I know it is. Yeah. It's probably um, badly because he asked me about this today and he said he was going to reach out to you to find out when it was going to air. <laughs> he, he actually, he did. I mean, it's like, bam. And it's like, all right. So I said, no, nah, it's going to be pre-recorded. Then I'm going to put, put it up for, on yeah. Sunday. And so what he wanted to know is some of the craziest stuff that you have done over the years. So we'll come on that in a second. <laughs> we'll come to that in a second. And somebody says, I know a few things, <laughs> but, um, as far as all this acting stuff goes, you guys have got, let's see, a street death fight. Uh, is it still in pre-production or is that off? Oh, that's a, well, you know, a lot of things, everything got put on hold. Yeah. I haven't thought about, that's the fight one with, uh, you know, when I did. Because uh, you were uh, supposed to. With Lyle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Weren't you going to be in that one too, Randy? Or were you in that one as well? No, I wasn't in that one. Yeah, you were, uh, you were supposed it? to be, yeah. You were well, supposed to be. In the first one, right? And yeah, but they wanted to do the, the second, second one. one. We never, we never made the second one. We COVID the... happened. I, there's yeah. so many gigs up in the air. I, I, I mean, I'll do them anyway. I don't care about them. But, you know, there's just so many productions. It's not, especially if it's SAG, it's not worth making a movie right now. And they're going to shut everything down if one person pops. Even if it's not like, you know, even if it's like not real and they're not really sick, they'll shut everything down. And you have to pay everyone for two weeks. And so there's no project. So no one wants to do that. So I'm still doing, you know, independent film. But that's, that's pretty much it. That's all that's going on right now. Yeah. It's pretty sad out there right now for the entertainment industry as a whole, I think, especially, like you said, film, um, television, film, any of that. Top Magic movies come out this week. Independent film's doing great. It, it's Hollywood that's struggling. There's no theater movies, none of that stuff. It doesn't affect me. You know, no. I my, my movies go straight to streaming. They're, they're done frugally with, you know, kind of familiar faces. So we're able to, I mean, I'm still filming. I just did the John Schneider one, so I've got four movies out this month. So there's still things going on, but you're not going to see another Marvel movie. Not that they would have me in them anyway. So, <laughs> you know, last night when we we're texting back and forth, I was actually sitting in a movie theater watching a movie. Oh wow! I didn't think they were still around. Uh, Regal, they've closed them all. AMC has opened up some of them, but um, I think they lost this last 
the third quarter um, year over year, something like um, a third quarter loss is something like 900 million. Oh, year, yeah. for, year over year, they're down 90.9%. Well, yeah, that's wow. going to happen. That's crazy. They should yeah. just open. Crazy. Um, um, if you like horror movies, but if you like great stories, um, come play. Come play. Okay. That was, yeah, I, oh. I, that's what I was sitting in. And I, I'm not kidding. At the end, I'm like choking up, ready to cry. <laughs> and that's a horror movie? Yeah, I thought it was just going to be this D rate bad movie. It's like, yeah, I'll just go, you know. It was good, had a great story. And if you really looked into it, I mean, it was kind of, I took my takeaway on part of it was don't just stay busy on this all the time, have yeah. a life. But no, you have to kind of check it out. Okay. Come to play. Yeah. Sounds yeah we've been especially since the accident we've just been binge watching oh yeah everything yellowstone uh, ozarks peaky blinders yeah. you name it if it was a series we we would uh binge watch while we were covered and we couldn't walk i couldn't walk make ourselves get up and do a lap yeah we could feed the goats that was our big exercise we were so sad shuffle up there giving breaks they were so cute wait a second feed the goats you got goats we have a little ranch in arizona outside of flagstaff uh, we just closed and settled into in July. So we've been kind of hiding out there. And that's actually where the accident happened. Yeah, front yard. The ranch. Yeah, happens. Um, so uh, we've been kind of hanging out, hiding out, whatever you want to call it, in, in the mountains in Arizona. Um, how are you going to take that wildcat out for a fast drive out there? Not. Not out there. And that has not made that trip no, out the gravel roads. No. no. It's a dirt yeah. road. It's about five miles down a dirt road, so. Flagstaff is a pretty nice area. I like that. But, man, it can get a lot of snow. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Oh, too much snow sometimes. He likes it. He loves the snow. Do you? Yeah, he's a lumberjack. I mean, we get a fair share of that. I love going to the mountains in, in the Pacific Northwest, both, you know, hunting and skiing and, and all of that stuff. So having, you know, ha- having all that right there you know the seasons and everything everybody thinks of arizona and they think of phoenix and 120 degree heat and they don't realize that two hours up the road is an amazing is amazing mountains and yeah. wilderness elk and deer and bears and all that stuff and um so it, it's really a unique and, and pretty fun spot to be yeah it is uh i i was white knuckling it coming from flagstaff to sedona uh uh-huh. taking the straight route there's this We've been on that. Oh, yes. I'm like. Remember? Yeah. That was yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's beautiful. It the crap out of me. Just it was busy. Yeah, we did that. So, uh, you know, kind of sticking with the movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know with the way things are going right now, uh, with COVID and everything. But are there any plans for you to do? something in 2021 i know that there's possible talks of a part four (laughs) we've seen the script for part four it's going to be very interesting uh the script is great Mm -hmm. um we were supposed to start filming this fall and obviously that's that that didn't happen so i haven't heard when we're pushing to but 
the project is certainly still there and, and, and going to come on and, and get shot at some point. Right now, we're focused in pre-production for a script that Mindy wrote called The Demon Pit, Dark Angels. It's kind of a, a supernatural action thriller. Um, we were supposed to start filming that May 1st, and, and the COVID shut us down. We were trying to get it back on the docket for August, but with the SAG protocols, it was just going to be impossible to stay on budget with everything going on. So right now in December, we're, we're in jumping back into pre-production, get everything back rolling, get our cast back in line. And, and then hopefully early January, mid January, uh, we'll be starting shooting of, of dark angels. And then I've got an uh, offer on the table for another film called the 22 where I'll play a Marine Corps Sergeant. Um, and uh, I'm excited about that one. It, it shines a light on the suicide and PTSD rate that, that our veterans are dealing with. Um, and I'm, so I'm excited to play a part in that and be part of that. That will shoot in the San Diego area, supposedly in February right now. So uh, hopefully those things stay on track and, and we get to do both of those projects. And at some point, I suspect sometime next, the end of next summer, we'll start filming, hopefully, Expendables 4. But that's not official. I have seen a script. I think they're planning on using that script. It's an interesting story um, and uh, a lot of amazing action. So it should oh, be. A, yeah. I'm going to put it out there. Mindy, is he going to mm -hmm. get you in this film? It's kind of a guy's film. So unless I want to like identify as an older <laughs> action hero, I don't think they really like let me in. Uh. <laughs> uh, a, a, a long time love interest or something. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, you two have not acted in any films together, right? Oh, we have a couple. Oh, you have? That's actually how we met. Uh, oh. We met on a film called Stretch with uh, Jason. It's about limos. You have to say that because it sounds. Yeah, Patrick Wilson was the star. It had Ed Helm, Jessica Alba, Chris Pine, a ton of great cast in that film. Norman Reedus. I mean, it's a really dark comedy, really funny I don't have any lines in the movie. Most people that see the movie don't even know it's me. I'm wearing a wig, a cowboy hat. I'm smoking a cigarette, which is something I've never done before. Uh, all, it really made me sick, honestly. But, uh, you know, for the part, I pulled it off. Uh, the director was insistent that, that, you know, this character had to have a plume of smoke over him at all times. <laughs> it was kind of a Russian limo driver. So it was, it was a fun character, but uh, a fun movie. And that's how we actually met. Um, and then we've done a couple other movies. Um, Range 15. Range 15 together. Uh, uh, she was in Antidote. Um, those are out on uh, on the digital platforms. Um, what was the other one? Mm, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, was it oh, yeah. Love yeah, at First Sight? <laughs> okay. I didn't talk in that one, so. But you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, we met trying to get David Hasselhoff in a limo. So it, what a crazy story, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it was a movie. And it was like 125 degrees. We're in like a Bentley with no AC. And you know, he had a smoke, and I'm a non-smoker all my life. I just felt so bad. Like I was like, oh, it's so hot and so gross. I don't know anyone does that. 110. So it is true then when you go on set for production. People do connect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I was I was involved with someone at that time, and I didn't want to have that conversation. 
I think she was actually involved with someone at that time too. So it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I was, I was forward thinking enough to, when we sat down in the van to go back to base camp, the set photographer passes around a clipboard to get all of our emails so that he can get the pictures that he's taken behind the scenes approved to make sure the ones you like. And of course she's sitting next to me in the van. So she writes her email down. It's got my name on it. So. Pretty, pretty easy to remember. And so I remember her email uh, or stole her email, however you want to look at that. Uh, and then if a few wasn't months cute, later, that would be a creeper move. It'd be a really creeper move. I found your email. <laughs> so a, a few months later, uh, the, the situation I was in uh, fell apart. Basically, I, I was single again, and, and, so, and I was leaving for Expendables 3. Mm. So from Bulgaria, where we shot Expendables 3, I started emailing her, saying, hey, you know, we need to go out on a date. Look, you know, I'll be back in October, kind of set up a date for when I came back from, uh, from Expendables 3. And uh, we had our first date back then. That was uh, just about seven years ago, uh, just the other day was seven years ago of that first date. And so we dated for a while, for a few months, and then we kind of became a, an official couple that New Year's. So this coming New Year's will be our, our seven-year anniversary. Wow. Hey, so, um, Mindy, mm-hmm. how long did you really wait? I'm in Bulgaria. We set up a date. I'll be there <laughs> in a couple of months. I wasn't looking. And I think that's what happens. When you're not looking, you don't make excuses. You don't settle for You don't do stuff. Like, I was really... I was so busy. Like I did three movies. One of the months we met, I was just so busy. So I had my own things going on and stuff like that. But you know, he was in Vegas and I lived in Hollywood. So in order to really see each other, there was going to have to be more time spent. And eventually it didn't make sense to be paying, you know, $3,000 a month for a studio apartment. So I just, you know, put my stuff in storage and it's still there. (laughs) (laughs) Seven years later, still there. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It was pretty ugly stuff. It's okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so being together that long, um, you probably know pet peeves. <laughs> uh huh. So you know, some people like me will have the uh, the fork tines up or down situation. Oh, oh, that's got that must be something there for somebody. Or. Well, I was- Figure out what you mean. The so you, you have you, we all have our quirks. We all have our little things that, yeah. I'm I'm kind of a neat freak. Everything kind of has its place. You know my my supplements, my my sink in in the bathroom, my clothes. They're all folded. You know I'm I'm and she's the opposite of that. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, it's it's a time issue. Like how many times we were traveling nonstop. I come home dump my suitcase, throw things back in it, and we had to leave that day and stuff like that. But as you notice in Arizona, when I have time, I'm actually very, very clean and organized. It's because she just has (laughs) (laughs) flip-flops in the bikini. How messy can you get with that? Yeah, well, that wouldn't hurt my feelings if that was the attire every single day. Yeah, but it's no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm clean when when I have time, though. So is, Ra- is Randy as bad as making sure like the white shirts are on white hangers, the black shirts are on black? And- <laughs> we have a, his biggest issue is his socks. Oh my god! I like I do his laundry, and if there's a loose sock, you would think it was the end of this world. And it would be like you know a twenty minute conversation. It, it's blue, Mindy. There's a gray stripe. Looks like this one. It looks like I, I know, but I'm not done with clothes. Like 
And so when I do the clothes and I'm missing a sock, I'm like, oh, do I just hide it? So he doesn't know? Like, I don't want to have this thing. Good socks that fit and are comfortable are a commodity, and you hate to see them get they get lost in the wash every single time. That uh, some of that is my army days too. I, all my socks are folded a particular way. You know, everything goes in a particular place. It's a sock. Um, that's just wired. <laughs> I was that way as a kid, and I think it got exasperated even more with six years in the army. Oh, and to get fancier, he actually has socks that are so fancy. There's left and right, so you have to match up a left. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> like it's a, <laughs> I think I'm just going to throw them all out, buy nice socks. They're all going to match. Something like that. You know what's crazy about socks going missing? Is the wash machine and dryer drums are only like yay big. And it's like, yeah. Where'd they Where'd go? Pants yeah, exactly. leg. They'll pop out. Like, yeah. yeah, they'll pop out in a pants leg like there's a year sock, later. There's a sock fairy somewhere that's just collecting these things. It's with the lids to my Tupperware. That's where they are. <laughs> I'm with you on that, too. I know. It's like, I swear. I had more lids that's going to fall <laughs> They're gone. I have no idea where they're at. So. You buy new ones, but you never throw out the old lids. So you just keep, you know, just a whole menagerie of mismatched Tupperware. Yeah, I don't know. Randy, all- your bottom cupboards in the kitchen must be uh, full of Tupperware. <laughs> There's a, quite, a, quite a, a display of Tupperware over there, yes. And, you know, it's amalgamation of moving, you know, here and there and you know, we now, I mean, basically we have three different households. We have a, a little condo in LA that we rent and, uh, cause we're there all the time and we have unbreakable, the gym there with Jake Glazier and, you know, my agent, uh, my manager, you know, Mindy's stuff there in LA. So we're in LA a fair amount. Um, and now we have the, the, you know, the new kind of second home and in, in the Flagstaff area, the ranch house. And then our, our residence is here in Nevada in, uh, just, just outside of, of Vegas outside of town. So, um, you know, keeping up with three households, uh, it's a challenge. Sounds like, yeah, real third world problems. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice houses. (laughs) And and here, I was going to ask you about travel and when your plans, but all you got to do is go from one house to the next. What would kind of do that? Yeah. Yeah. It keeps, you know, gives us kind of our own space, uh, in, in LA when we're there. And, uh, Obviously, this is home here in Vegas. Uh, I had a, a second home in, in the mountains in Colorado that I loved, and I've had for, I don't know, 12 years. And it was just so far away and so hard to get to. I expected when I retired from fighting that things would slow down and, and I would have more time to hang out at the mountain house. And it's been just the opposite. I've been busier than I've ever been. You know, my good friend uh, who lived in the Colorado next door, ended up taking care of my damn place all the time because I was never there. And and it was kind of a rub for him. And I understood that. He felt like he was being taken advantage of. And I, you know, I felt bad about it, but it was what it was. I was working, I was you know, doing what I've been doing for the last nine or 10 years. And, and so it was hard for me to let that place go. Uh, but we found this amazing place in you know, South side of Flagstaff and, and it's really, really worked out well. It's a three hour drive. We can be there any long weekend. We, we've already, since we got it in July, used that more than we've used the Colorado house in five years. Yeah. Wow. So well, Some place in that area, not necessarily, I don't think it was Flagstaff, but more down in Sed- maybe it was Sedona, uh, you know, about the ley lines and all that and the, uh, the earth's natural forces and energy. Yeah. There's like a central location there someplace. Um, I think, I think it was, I think it's in Sedona. 
Hmm. Oh. I think it, I've heard a little about it. And we've yeah. driven through Sedona. We've been to Jerome. We've kind of been through the Prescott Valley and, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the forest, the uh, petrified forest. That was yeah, the that word was I was cool. looking for. Uh, a lot of that. Interestingly, we did an Airstream trip because mm-hmm. we got an Airstream last summer. And we did it through that part of Arizona. And now this summer, we actually found a place in our living very close to, <laughs> yeah. to where we stayed in we the Airstream. We passed by the campsite. We just loved it. It was so, 4th of July. And we were kind of just bringing the Airstream back from Colorado because it's a long drive. But we took our time. We saw stuff. And he's just sitting here. And it's green. And there's ponderosas. And when you're camping, it's like the happiest. Everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. You're camping, you're eating your hot dogs, the kids are busy doing stuff, everyone's happy and patriotic and all this other stuff. And he's just like, let's stay another day. You know, like it was just, yeah. we really liked it. And then of all places, he was looking in Utah to find another close place. It's not a 14 hour drive, something closer we could use. And I'm like, why not Flagstaff? We liked it so much. It's three hours away. It's closer than LA. And we looked and the first place we looked at, I just, I fell in love yeah. with it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great it's place. It's nice. It's nice. So I think um, there is a photo of the two of you that you posted on like Instagram, uh, probably within the past month or so. Was that, that from the past South or the recent? That was at the south rim of the Grand, Grand Canyon. Canyon. That was both of our first time going to the Grand Canyon. And, and we had a friend friend in town and he had his, his nine-year-old daughter. So we took them to, to the Grand Canyon to check it out. And it was amazing. Really, really great mm. day walking around and, and looking at the at the sights and the view of the Grand Canyon. Wow. That was the first time I was walking around, too. That was right after the Yeah, accident. that was right after the That was after like after my first long walk after it, so. Um, is that – so where's the, the, the little glass thing that jets out? That's expensive. Oh, yeah. They really get you. It's on, like, Indian land, and it's, that's, like, a hundred and some yeah, dollars for the, one person. The really? Skywalk. That, that's, it's, I think, a little closer to Vegas. It might be. And, and to uh, – the dam, and I, I've seen the signs for the turn off to that, and it's it's over on the other side of Kingman, okay. I believe. Um, so a ways away from that area that we were in on the South Rim. There's no way that you get me to walk out there. I don't care how safe they. Crawling. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll make you. That'll make you butt pucker for sure. It was bad enough me going up in the uh, stratosphere, and then the the little tiny glass plate like that, and just looking down, <laughs> going, eh. And then you, I swear, you could feel the building do this just yeah. ever so slightly. Sweat. No, I'm keeping my feet on the ground. Now, yeah. when I go to hotels, I, I kid you not, I ask for the first floor, and if there's if they don't have any rooms first, okay, nothing above the second floor, please. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I, it just scares the crap out of me. Um. I kind of stay along with that travel stuff. Uh, do you guys have any plans to travel anywhere? I mean, is there a dream place, a vacation, or you know, some place that you two want to go? I think the one place that I have not been that I would like to experience, and I know Mindy has been, is Thailand. And uh, oh. you know, going to the beaches and going. And obviously, I'm a huge fan of Muay Thai, of, of that form of kickboxing, something that I studied and trained in uh, for fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never been to that part of the world. We had a, an amazing trip uh, three years ago now uh, to Prague. Mm. I was working on a film down there, and we stayed three or four weeks in the Czech Republic in Prague. And, man, what an amazing place. If you ever get a chance to spend any time there, the history and, and the buildings and everything there, because a lot of it wasn't bombed in the Second World War, so a whole bunch of it's still standing and uh, still in amazing condition. But we had a great trip there. 
we stayed in an old convent. Uh, yeah. It was, it was actually really fun. It was really cool. cool. Wow. Mindy, where do you want to go? Uh, you know, I, I don't know about what, what are you going to say? Uh, she wants to go to Australia. She I do. She's not I been to Australia yet. I've been, been there several times. Uh, and it's a great country. I love going down there. Uh, amazing. Uh, it's funny. People, a lot of, you know, Americans aren't naturally known for their geography skills. And uh, everybody thinks Australia is small. It's actually a very, it's a huge country, a massive country. So confident. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, but it's fun. It's a great place to go. I honestly don't think I've met an Australian that I didn't like. You're the friendliest people. I've never met a mean Australian. Oh. I'm going to have to go. I've never been to Australia either. I do want to see the giant, what is it, the giant granite rock? The, the... Oh, Ayers Rock. Yeah, that's out in the Outback Park. Oh, we just saw that. that movie. I made him for Halloween. We Because uh, we have a dingo. We have an Australian cattle dog. So we've realized everyone knows that a dingo ate my baby. But none of us <laughs> have actually seen the movie. So we all watched that on Halloween. And that took place right by Right out there, rock. yeah. So we're definitely going to camp on no babies that one. Yeah, no, no babies out there. No, no little kids. My baby. That's all we said for like three days. A dingo. You know that th- <laughs> that is going to be stuck in my head now for at least forty-eight hours. <laughs> it's it's actually a pretty interesting movie. It is because um, he. I told him the story. He's like, oh, and then you watch it. He's like, well, of course they're innocent. Just look, they're never going to get convicted. And by the end, he's yelling at the TV. Yeah. You know. Well, you want to you look at the some of the ongoings of today Mm -hmm. and and how the media affects things. And that's definitely what happened in this particular case. Uh, So it's it's certainly indicative of where we're at right now. Yeah, it really was. The media media judged them as guilty and it affected the court case when they couldn't have been more innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It it is tough with the media thing. And I, I, you know, you two probably know it far better than a lot of people. What, what the media can twist or what they can put out and then people like us will fill in the gaps but they it seems like sometimes they'll purposely put it out and leave the gaps and let you fill it in because they don't want to um get get thrown the uh um the fake news kind of thing you know oh yeah i think Minnie and i both learned that early on because we've both done a significant amount of reality tv Mm -hmm. and i was involved in a few seasons of the ultimate fighter uh, you know, Jim Rescue, uh, Fight Master, other reality TV shows, and, and as a, a not a contestant, but uh, you know, as a coach and, and and a host and things like that. And man, they can they can edit mm-hmm. anything and make you look a particular way, or take words out of your mouth, or put words in your mouth. Uh, that editing process is a very powerful thing. Um, and I think Mindy learned that too. She's been I was good at it. Like it's you know. I did about 40 network reality shows on, on different levels, sometimes multiple episodes and that kind of thing. And I would see things like, especially the dating shows will be open bar. And I'm like, I ain't touching that. I'm already weird enough. Like I don't need to be drunk on TV, but that's kind of what they do. But I, I, to me, it was improv comedy practice. So I just would be a character and just be funny. And I know they're going to use that, but if it starts getting boring or, you know, you start drinking, you know, it's going to go bad, you know? Yeah. So, you have to understand from their viewpoint what they want and what you want to appear to. Because when you do a reality show, even if you want to make up a crazy character, people are going to think that's you. So whatever you do, you're married to it. You know, let it be part of you. Because it's a lot easier to just be you on camera than, you know, pretend to be something or try to be interesting and that kind of stuff. So, you know. I think we see a lot of fighters falling into that, into that trap. Yeah. 
You know, they create these personas mm-hmm. that, that are larger than life, that talk a lot of smack, that do, do and say a bunch of things that they would probably never really do every day. And the problem with that is now that, that that's, you know, the public thinks that's who they are. Yeah. And so when they see them, I, I know I've had this conversation with Tito Ortiz. He was kind of the first bad boy in MMA, talked a lot of trash. He knew when you were signed to fight with him, it was going to, you know, there was going to be a lot of stuff go on. And, and I've talked to him in private and, you know, personal, and that's how people expect him to be all the time. And he's not that way. He's so nice. Yeah. He did that to kind of promote himself and to market himself. And now obviously we've seen Chael Sonnen, uh, Kobe Covington, certainly Conor McGregor in MMA take all of that to a whole new level. Uh, and there are promotions that are rewarding that kind of behavior and, and that kind of stuff. And so a lot of young guys think that's what they need to do to get the nod, to get a chance, to get a crack at the title. And unfortunately, I, you know, I, I think that, that, that there's a disservice to our sport. What, yeah. What's really important is what happens inside that cage and how you represent yourself and how you compete. And, and I hate to see us stray away from that being the emphasis of what's important. Yeah, it certainly seems like that you have this, um, you've got the sports and you've got what the athlete uh, is there to do and wants to do. But then you have these uh, network executives or something. It's a business. Mm-hmm. So it's like we've got to, we, we have to build this superhero character or we have to build some of uh, this evil villain. And people like me out here were like, I hate that. <laughs> whatever dude that's like the hot that guy is so cool man i know him you do well no not really but he's really cool on tv <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> yeah well i know in the fight game that you know they want you to, to they want it to develop a reason for you to tune in tune in you're mm-hmm. gonna watch because you want to see that guy get his ass kicked or you're gonna watch because you want to see him get his hand raised i mean it's one or the other and uh you know creating that that polarization is what generates heat. Yeah. I I guess, I guess you can't fault them, right? For, uh, the end of the day, it's still a business. Yeah. Um, But I, um, my wrestling and martial arts roots, you know, I I would love to see that respect and all that other stuff that I think is indigenous in our sport stay there and and not be replaced with sensational WWE stunt publicity stunts and, trash talking yeah hey i know that we're taking up a lot of your time but there's just a couple more things like i said beggarly wanted you to share if there's anything that you've done crazy that oh his his <laughs> you know me and mark kind of lost track of each other for probably 10 years you know he was down in lower alabama fair hope um and he was going through a rough patch and he was having a party down there and and he had reached out to me recently oh, he was going story. through a divorce um, which is something that I've experienced, which is not fun. And, uh, so he'd reached out to me. We were sharing some insights on getting through that adversity and he was having a big party down there with some comedians and a band. And so I flew down, uh, for the party and, uh, that turned into a pretty crazy weekend. Uh, had, had another friend come up from Georgia. Uh, we ended up consuming large quantities of, of alcoholic adult beverages and, <gasps> Uh, next thing you know, trying to get my rent-a-car home on Sunday and everything else turned into a major <laughs> fiasco. I think we burned up Mark's golf cart. Uh, we, it was we, a uh, golf cart, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. Before people start making the letter campaign. <laughs> it was a golf cart. Um, 
<laughs> that was, and, and you know, Mark's probably laughing. Well, we'll be laughing. I hope when he, when he hears this this interview. But uh, that was a that was a pretty wild time. Wow. Uh, he he had a very interesting, unique name for the party, and I not quite not right. not quite right. Party. I wasn't even there. This yeah. is pre Mindy's. N- NQR, not quite right. That's mm-hmm. what he was calling the party, and it turned out he was an accurate handle for that party. Dang. You know, I got to say, Randy, one of the coolest things, and Mindy, this is for for you, for me telling Randy, is what's great about you is you, you've gone to a level that's up here, but you still communicate and are friends with your friends from years ago. So, um, those, you know, those are the folks that know me, that know the real me, the guys I was in high school with, the guys I was in college with, the guys I was served with in the Army. You know, those are the guys that saw me riding around in a, on a 10 speed, you know, to and from class and from from where I live to, to base every day at work. And uh, they know they know me, the real me. There's this natural, this guy that fought and, and is acting and doing all this other stuff. And there's the public perception of that character, of that person. And that's certainly part of me. It's not like I put on any facade or anything, but those guys just were they're part of my roots. They know the real me, the, the real me that struggled with a lot of things that did grow up in a single parent household and, um, you know, was married at 19 years old with a kid on the way and, and all that stuff. So, you know, those are, um, I don't know. I, I, God, I hope I don't ever forget that part of where I came from and, and who I am. Yeah. Mindy, uh, do you still stay in touch with some of your friends? From yeah. not so long ago, because you're so young. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it, it, it's, that's life, you know. And I, I think I, I like social media as much as I complain about I'm getting censored and kicked off a dozen times. You know, social media allows us to see and hear from people we went to high school with, which would be a long time ago, or college, or any of the different places that I lived. You know, for the most part, even after this election, most of them are still, you know, on there and talking to me and stuff like that. And it's really neat to see their kids and pictures of, you know, them grow up. And, and I don't know, it, it is, I think it kind of keeps us more connected in a way where, you know, 20 years ago, you're not writing that letter. You're not, you don't even know anyone's phone number. You, you're actually able to still keep in contact with them. And some of my friends have been around for, shoot, you know, I still talk to the people from high school. You got to meet a few of them. They're funny. Yeah. Well, there was a good 10 year stretch there. I was in the army and in college that, that and there was no social media back then. It, <laughs> you know, I, I was out of the loop. I didn't, I didn't see very many folks uh, come home to Seattle occasionally to see my mom and my family uh, run into Jeff or Tim or, you know, some of the old high school buddies back you know, once in a while, but it wasn't like we had regular communication. And then, you know, when I got out of college, I moved to Oregon and coached at Oregon state and I think when I was back in the Pacific Northwest, I, I reconnected with a whole bunch of people that I, that I hadn't seen and talked to. We had a 20, 20 year reunion that I, I got to go to and that rekindled a bunch of those relationships and stuff from when I was younger. But there was 10 years there where I, I didn't see a whole lot of anybody. Uh, and now with, you know, started with MySpace, not, you know, now with the other social media platforms, it does, that's the one positive there that it does allow us to keep in track and in touch with a lot of those folks that we that would uh, a lot more challenging before. Thank goodness for the birthday things. I never remember, right? Yeah. This is the only reason I remember anyone's birthday. Like, oh no, and you have to get like on there because you see the warning. But uh, you know, hey, Mindy, did you know his fortieth is coming up? Oh, is from a dating a younger man now? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, fortieth. 
school reunion. Oh! Uh, yeah, 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 sorry, yes. Yeah, no. it's like, oh my God. Look at how damn good that man is right there next to you. Do we get to spike the punch? Do we get to, is it like one of those old timey ones? You know what? You two have to go. And Mindy, you and I will spike the punch and we'll feed it to the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so two more real quick. Uh, you're retired from fighting. Yep. You have this career now as an actor. Is this your life career now from here on out? Is this what you're going to do? Is this what you want to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about the process of, of acting and playing characters. I'm also interested in the other facets of the industry. I certainly have clear pictures when I read a script. I would like to be a director or direct, try directing at some point, try telling the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, I definitely want to do that. Um, it's not something I ever saw myself doing. Uh, you know, I was never in the school play. I think it was in the sixth grade school Christmas play. I played Tiny Tim. <laughs> what year was that? 1974 <laughs> or 75, maybe. Wow. Um, but that was it. Um, you know, and we at Linwood, we had drama and all that stuff, but I was never into that stuff. I never did any of that stuff. I was a jock. I was always on whatever sports team was going on that, that time of year. So this was something athletics and professional athletics opened that door for me. And I got my first movie opportunity, Cradle to the Grave. It was a cool experience to see that movie magic. It's like going to Oz and getting to pull back the curtain and see the guy pulling the levers and making the smoke and fire. I mean, it was that kind of awe-inspiring to see it, you know, firsthand from the ground up. And that had created an intrigue and something I saw that I could, I could, do and, and try to be good at and uh you know obviously for a long time the fighting came first the fight was i wasn't going to take a movie that was going to interfere with a fight or a fight camp or a schedule uh for fighting and uh, and then once i retired i could devote all my time and energy to getting better acting jobs and focusing more on just acting but i you know i have a couple other businesses obviously the gym industry the clothing some of that grew out of out of fighting and seeing the niches and needs of fighters being a fighter um i had an electronics company that i started in oregon with a, with a close friend of mine uh we were fortunate enough to actually sell the company just before the covid broke out um so so that one's gone mm-hmm. but him and i are still great friends we're looking you know at other things we can invest in and get involved in together um so you know we'll see i, I have uh an entrepreneurial spirit in some ways and so there's Certainly other things that I'm interested in, but acting is what's taken up most of my ch- my time now. Cool. Yeah, definitely can't wait to see you in more of the films, and especially number four coming up. Mindy, and I'm gonna rent I'm gonna rent the stretch and see how all this began. It's <laughs> one scene. Don't get too excited. But it's a really cool movie. Like it's a dark comedy. I, I we just watched it again a little while ago and it was yeah. really cool. It was well done. It Joe was. Joe Carnahan is the director. He did Smoke and Aces, uh, Smoke Aces the, Gray. the Gray. Great He's director. Really good director. Ah. Very good director. So, uh, it was supposed to be a theatrical film, and, and he got into a big rhubarb with Universal, and it ended up just coming out on the, on the streaming platforms. Um, but uh, it, it's a really dark, funny comedy. I, I will. I promise I'll check it out. Now, I want to do this, this or that, like I said earlier. Okay. okay. There's so much still to ask you, but... I'm not going to take up your time. So 
I've got this is for both of you too. Because uh-huh. now we know that you like bad company. She's a Bob Seeger. So <laughs> cars or motorcycles? What is it? Cars or motorcycles? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Motorcycles. Or you do like cars. You know, that's one of the things my both my my dad and, and my stepdad were into was cars and working on cars. Again, that do-it-yourself mentality that I think used to exist up in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. And, um, you know, Tim Deachman, we, we used to work on, on, on his 57 Chevy pickup all the time. And I took all the auto shop classes. Your, your old Dodge Dart that used to be in there, that thing was, that was a badass car. Yes, um, it was. I, I've always kind of been into cars, but... I had a motorcycle that I used to ride to school too my senior year. And I didn't get my first road bike, like real road bike until I moved here to Vegas. And, and now I have, I think I have four road bikes out there. Um, you know, so gosh, that's a tough one for me to pick one or the other, but I think I'm going to have to go with muscle cars. I'm, I'm much, you know, much bigger fan of muscle cars. So far, this is really good and interesting. You've picked separate things. So we've got, Acting or producing? Ooh, acting. Yeah, acting actually, for sure. it's the more fun part. It's All right. Producing is like the, the labor of it. Like that's, sometimes I just want to show up, do my lines, do your thing. When you're actually like working on something, that's, that's all day. There's I, no downtime. I, I haven't had a director's experience yet. So, well, I directed a music video that yeah. had come out and uh, that's it. That's been my experience there. And that was fun. And, you know, we both had a, uh, the similar vision on the story we wanted to tell with the song and, and creating a video to capture that. Uh, and that was a fun experience, but I still think acting, finding a way to capture that character and tell the truth uh, mm-hmm. in that story with that character is, is, is the part of the process that I really fell in love with and, and that I, I would definitely say acting. Yeah, you know, speaking of the directing and the music video, I was going to ask if you're going to be one of those triple threat kind of guys and get into singing, become a musician as well. It does uh, show karaoke. I've, I've done some I've gotten to know some country stars through our, our foundation for wounded veterans, and, and they always inevitably end up dragging me up on stage to, to play and, and sing with them. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a good singer, but I can I can do okay. You've wrote songs. You've written songs. Uh, I've for... got two songs that have been recorded that I, that I wrote. I was a literature major in college. I started writing prose and poetry when I was in college in the 90s. So, you know, I, I write all the time. And I didn't realize the similarities between writing prose or poetry and, and writing lyrics for songs until I met a couple of these musicians and ended up writing a song with Elvis Monroe. Ben Carey wrote a, a, a little guitar riff. He was guest staying at my house when he moved from California to Vegas. And uh, they had a chorus. They had this riff in this chorus and they, they were stuck with chord, with lyrics and, and uh, they knew I wrote some poetry. So they said, Hey, maybe you can write this. And they gave it to me and, so I started playing around with it, and within a couple of days, I'd written all the, the, all the verses for this this song, and they loved it, and they ended up recording it. Wow. And then, you know, I, I wear this black ring on my first finger just about every single day, and uh, the company's called Groove Life. They're a silicone ring, and they're really comfortable, and this one signifies the 22 soldiers that we lose every single day to PTSD and suicide. And so I wear that. I can put that over my heart. Um, and... Uh, I was at a New Year's Eve party in Nashville with a, a friend of mine, Jared Blake, who's a country singer from The Voice and so on and so forth. And I've, I've had a few adult beverages. He does not drink. 
So, uh, but you know, to his dismay, he was stone cold sober, and my drunk ass was up in his face, poking him with my ring, saying, 22, 22, man. And he had no idea what I was talking about. So he oh called me the next day oh and thanked me for inviting him and his wife out to our party. And he said, dude, you kept poking me in the chest and screaming 22 at me. What the hell were you talking about? And I, so I explained the stats and, and what it signified and all that. He was like, oh, my gosh, we should write a song. And so the next day he reserved the studio that he uses. And, and a friend of his, Eric Landis, and I, and we went to the studio and we sat down. And about three hours later, we had this song called The, the 22. And it's really dark and really powerful. Um, Daryl Worley, who did Have You Forgotten after 9-11, which was a huge song uh, for him after the 9-11 uh, tragedy, uh, fell in love with this song, The 22. And so he asked if he could record it. We were like excited that you know, he's got such a perfect voice for that song. And he recorded it. We're just waiting for him to release it now. So the song will eventually come out. I, I'm hoping that it will, it will make some waves, uh, certainly in the veteran community and with the civilian population, understanding the, the, where they're at and what PTSD means and, and how it affects them. And it, it's a, it, I'm just, I'm really proud of that song. Uh, just not many people know that one's out there. Uh, you can look up Elvis Monroe on iTunes. Holy Water is the name of the song that we wrote together. And that was out there on iTunes. Uh, the 22 will be coming out, I think, in this next year with Daryl Worley. Okay. Uh, film that I'm doing in San Diego, again, is called The 22. And it's about that. And I'm trying to get the song to be part of the soundtrack for the album or for the movie. So that would be that would be really cool if we get that done. Because it just fits the story of the movie very, very well. Um, so we'll see. But uh, um, that's the, you know, one of the things I kind of fell into through this charity work uh, and, and getting to know some of these country music stars that have been so generous with their time and their talent to help us raise funds and awareness for soldiers in transition. So um, it, it's been cool. And thank you for serving and thank you for doing everything that you do for veterans and I know we've got uh, better to stay just right around the corner. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Elvis Monroe is doing a big virtual concert coming up on on Veterans Day that weekend uh, here in Vegas. It's going to be really cool. Um, I'm not sure where Jared Blake is at. Uh, him and Daryl, both two of the most active musicians, traveling overseas, going to Jordan, going to the Middle East, go to all these places where our, our guys are stationed and performing for them. Both Daryl and Jared are really really busy with that so I'm, I'm proud to know those guys and call them friends we're really bad at lightning rounds uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a good thing we already we did the bomb <laughs> sneaker thing ah here's one yeah <laughs> Sorry, i call it sneakers or tennis shoes sneakers or dress shoes cowboy boots why is that an option <laughs> because it is this guy not a dress shoe guy I, I have dress shoes but i don't wear them when i have to i'm much more comfortable in my sneakers or my flip-flops. Mindy? I only wear sneakers to work out. I just don't, I'm not the sneaker rocker. And plus it's hot. So it's usually flip-flops if I'm comfortable and then cowboy boots for everything else. Even red carpets now. I'm over wearing heels. I really am. Like I just did like a gala where I'm speaking for like like this $2,000 plate dinner. Cowboy boots. I just don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, is that something that fell off the back of your cowboy shoes back there? all right so 
Friday night out on the town or at home watching a movie? Mm. Out in the town doing what? That's so vague. Yeah, I think we're going to go Stay out on the Vegas. I think we're in the town and have dinner, and then we're going to come home and watch a movie. That is the best. That's, that's right. our MO yeah, most of the yeah. time. Okay, here's one. Cheeseburger or pizza? Pizza. Mm. Pizza. Yeah, I'll go with pizza. You know, you two pick the ones that you pick together the same or good ones that you pick together that are same. <laughs> And the ones that you are separate actually is really good because it fills the gap. It's just like there's no need fighting because we could do both. <laughs> that yeah. is good. Um, man, this has been this has been really great. Uh, so I mean, I really appreciate uh, the two of you coming on. It's great meeting you, Mindy. So. Hey, I don't usually do the podcast. I'm like, what are they going to talk to me about? Like, I thought it'd be all fighting and stuff. I'm like. They're just like coming on, off, like something, and then just leave. But no, this is actually quite nice. So. I wanted to talk to you about where, you know, where you came from and all that. But damn, we are like really into this a long time. And I did not mean to keep you two on this long at oh. all. Uh, oh, good. Happy to be here. It's Let's great. be honest. There isn't a whole lot going on. So <laughs> it, it yeah, happened to fit. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be on like one of my other podcasts that I did and I had to whittle it down. It was three and a half hours. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I was going, uh, no. <laughs> Cutting that down to 50, 56 minutes. That was it. Oof. Uh, Oof. Uh, so this is kind of, let's see if there's anything up here. Uh, no, we did that. We did that. We did that. Uh, oh, fast food. Do you guys still enjoy fast food? I mean, we're—I forgot to ask you about that because we were talking about the health and fitness and everything. But yeah, you cheat every once in a while. You know, we were driving to Colorado. We still had the Colorado place once, and we decided, well, you know, we got to get gas, so let's oh, stop at this Lord. Arby's and 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 get some Arby's. And by the time we finished the drive that day, we both had the trots. We, it was not very pleasant to be driving in the condition that we were in. Uh, <laughs> About the only fast food that we eat, we've gotten into this habit. Uh, when we drive, Kingman is kind of halfway from Vegas to, to the place in Arizona. So we'll go through the drive-through at the Wendy's. Wendy's is pretty and healthy, Wendy's, Wendy's is uh, one of the only fast foods that I've been able to eat that didn't make me feel bad. Didn't make me feel, oh, God, what did I do? Yeah. You know, Chick-fil-A and Wendy's. This is the only they make great lemonade. I haven't drank a soda in over 20 years so oh, i don't drink soda um but we'll get a lemonade there and and she loves their spicy chicken sandwich i like their 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 cheeseburger but the spicy chicken sandwich is is a good option too for me so and we don't even um, get the fries anymore so yeah. it's really just you know a sandwich and that's just lunch and then he'll make me have a large lemonade so you can finish it because <laughs> i'm like a little dainty thing he's like get the large but I'm, and then i just see him just I'm like you just drank two lemonades i'm impressed you still get an hour and a half to get home with it. I think so. that's the extent of it for our, for our fast food. We have yeah. some great restaurants around here that we like to go to that that are good food and yeah. well made food. I don't really consider that fast food. No, it's farm know? to table basically. Like it's made from scratch. It doesn't come out of a microwave or something gross. Yeah, we had a place that's half a mile from here called Zest Bistro. That, that you know, it's like our Cheers. Yeah, you, know, you walk in there. Hey, you know, you know all the bartenders. Yeah. You know all the servers. You know, they're special, just, so the menu's constantly yeah. changing, and it's just awesome. Yeah. Everything, so we, everything's good. We, we eat there a lot. A we lot. probably eat out more a than lot. we should. 
Well, in Arizona, we don't have an option. Everything's home, 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 home. But normally, like, we just don't have time. I mean, when I cook, it's like a three-hour thing. So if we don't have the time, we just go. That's the thing that would surprise most people about Mindy is that she's a very good cook. She's a damn good cook. Very modest about it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Mindy, when you have some of your um, old friends from the high school days come visit, I want to be included because I want to taste some of this food. Oh, yeah. Oh. Pot pie. Homemade pot pie. That's my favorite. Oh, really? Who doesn't love a good homemade pot pie with the crust and it's just out of the oven? You get the gravy and it's it's healthy. It's vegetables and meat. I make everything from scratch. It's healthy when I make it from scratch. I'm getting really hungry right See? now. <laughs> See? He won't uh, tell me what your favorite thing is, though. He will not tell me. Because I, I can't pick. They're all good. See what I mean? That means there's no complaints. It doesn't matter what you fix. <laughs> Screwed up once. Oh, that was funny. Uh-oh. Was you it on the main course or dessert? Bang, 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 shrimp. I made bang, oh, bang, bang, bang shrimp. shrimp. And I'm just, I, it was really tasty. Like, I'm blowing through it. And he's just like, man. ate my first one. I'm like, man, he forgot to take the shells off these shrimp. I mean, what are you talking about? Just like eight. She's eight in. She's eating and the shell. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. These are crunchy. The shell, legs, everything. Well, the heads were off. And I didn't think about it. So, you know, my bad. So, (laughs) (laughs) my bad. She's a masshole. I'm a masshole. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Uh, God, yeah, like I I think there's just a whole lot of stuff here, but we're not going to go through it. But again, I just want to say it was such a pleasure doing this. I mean, truly, I, I had a great time and I, I did not want to do what you thought, just go into talking about fights and stats. I had a few uh, people that sent me some stuff, um, big fight fans, uh, and they wanted to know about all these new fighters that are coming up and what you're doing in really? the fighting world and this and that. I'm going, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm sure he's, <laughs> he's done too much of that in the past six months. Well, uh, Talking about it. And I just want to hear about what, what you two been doing? I mean, I see, like I said, these pictures you put on your Instagram and this and that. It's just like you're a star, both of you, but you're normal, regular people. Whatever yeah. normal, regular is. We're regular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel normal. I don't feel like our life's normal, but I like it. Yeah. You know? Red um, carpet. That's not normal. <laughs> it, well, we haven't done one in a while. But, you know, the whole point is, you know, that's our job. That's what we do. But, you know, end of the day. I mean, he didn't start fighting until like 34. I didn't start acting until I was 30. You're a formed human being by then. You're not going to change. You're not going to fall for stuff. You're just kind of going to be that person that happens to do those things. But I, I quite have more fun hanging out with their friends and drinking on the back porch and that kind of stuff than ever going to red carpet. Yeah, it's, I mean, friends, friends, period, are so important. Um, it's, I mean, family is important too, but I, I always think, what's life without friendship or a friend? You know? Yeah. That's, that's the rich, that's the richness in life right there is those personalities, those friends that, that if they're good friends, they're ma- they're making you better and enriching your life. And, and that's, I think that's, that's one of the things I love about this job is we get to meet a lot of people yeah. and they don't all become friends, but we get to meet a lot of really interesting, really good people. And some of them do become very, very close, very good friends. I don't think there's a city we could go to. We don't have friends or didn't make friends like there was we traveled forever 
and we would just make friends. Even if we were just sitting at a bar, we, there's, there isn't a major town I think we've been to we didn't know or make friends at. And, and that's America. That's what I love. So. You know, I, I, I see this as uh, a difficult thing for people such as you, people, uh, for <laughs> folks, I, for, for you guys I mean, in the entertainment industry, because you, you, you have this opportunity where you can meet all these people, but then also you have all this opportunity of falseness. They, they, they say, you know, Hey man, I'm, I, I love you, man. You're so great. And they want to be your friends, but it's gotta be difficult thinking what's the ulterior motive for what's behind it. Cause I, I have a friend who is succeeded in music. And one time when I was visiting in LA and he said, when we go out to a bar, he says, this is not me. Just bear with it. I'm going to have a drink in front of me and I'm going to look like I'm drunk. Um, it's because too many people come up and they think they're my friends. They think they know me and they're talking to me. And I don't have, I don't know how to say I want to have time on my own. So I have my drink and I go, Hey, and I walk away and they always go, ha, he's just drunk. <laughs> Like, we're gonna do that more often. Right. We got a bad reputation, but it sounds like it. interesting tactic to employ, and it's definitely something I struggle with because I think it, being a, in a single parent household, we, I have this desire to want to please and and want to be liked by everyone. I think because I felt like it wasn't good enough for my own dad, you know, that it created this thing in me. And uh, as I became a public person. She's right. I'm glad it happened when I was in my 30s and I wasn't a, a teenager or a 20 year old. It might have been a, a you know, could have potentially been one of those tragedies. Uh, but because I was a fully formed human, knew kind of who I was and was figuring a lot of things out. I mean, hell, by that time, I, I you know, was had been divorced once and, and lived Just some once? life, saw, <laughs> saw some of the world, experienced some things. But I had to develop new filters. I had, you know, I was a handshake smile kind of guy friendly to everybody and i had to realize that not everybody had my best interest at heart every person i met who was had an angle you know and and, and wanted something and that wasn't something i was used to and it took me some, a, a long time and i got taken advantage of in some situations with some business things and other things and uh so that, that has been the biggest struggle i think in becoming someone that's in the public eye all the time is developing those filters and Terry Crews from, from the first ultimate uh, ex expendables, you know, he's five kids and his wife and they came to set and we were, you know, we shot nights, the whole movie. So we're at lunch. We just woke up. We're going to meet at a fish house there in, in New Orleans, have lunch. And these people keep coming over to our table and wanting to talk or wanting a picture or an autograph. And he's got his wife and kids with him. And I watched him, you know, say, you know what, normally I would love to take a picture with you or do an autograph with you, but this is their time. And I take away from their time enough. So I can't do it right now. And and that really for a celebrity or somebody like that is a lose-lose situation. You turn somebody down, they walk away saying, oh, that guy's an asshole. And if yeah. you take the time and do the picture with them or the autograph with them, especially when you're with your loved ones, you're taking time away from them. And they already sacrifice a ton of time for us to do the things that we do in, in athletics or in, in, as an actor or celebrity. So that's really struck home with me. And from that point forward, I started doing that same thing. I'm going to put it on that person. Look, this is my family. These are my loved ones. I can't take away from their time to, to do what you want me to do. Now, if they walk away bitching, that's on them. Yeah. Right. They're being a jerk and, and not me. 
So uh, that was something I learned from Terry. And uh, I don't think I'll, you know, that was a valuable lesson. That is. If I ever get to that point, I will remember and use that. <laughs> I just have to poop if I want to get to the conversation. You, you know, oh. Anyway, but there are so many people that are like, she said that to me, like right now. I'm like, yeah, oh, I gotta, I gotta poop, and you just run. <laughs> and it's like the only thing you can say in any conversation. It could be like, you know, halfway through like the most precious childhood memory. You say that, they understand. You gotta go. And you know, uh, that's true. I guess it is, right? <laughs> usually, I'm not lying. I, I could, I would usually go to the bathroom just because I have to. Uh, so that's how I get out of stuff. I'm a little different than him. Well, I, I just, you know, you learn to kind of talk on your phone, even when you're not really talking on your phone. Oh, yeah. So, you, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it sounds crappy, but uh, I mean, that's. But it's nicer than just being like, I, I don't know who you are. It's been 20 minutes. You go. Like, because sometimes you are in the middle of a, my rule is not while we're eating. Like, I get it when he does an event or does something like that. That's his job is to talk to those things. But when we're sitting down and eating and that's like the one time i'm like y'all can if you're really a fan you can wait you know the 45 minutes till he's done and they never do so yeah and then they start taking the pictures <laughs> oh he they knows all my pictures what i do so like <laughs> if people are nice i'm nice but people you know they don't they, they get kind of you know whatever so i've had moments where people just shove a phone at me to take a picture and stuff like that. And then I'll just make it blurry on purpose, make it a selfie, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> if they're nice, they're nice. If they're not, eh. I can I'll, just see I'll amuse myself one way or the other. There, you know, there's Mindy and Randy back there. You oh. know, I'm going to do a selfie <laughs> and get them oh, in the background. I have photobombed so many of his fan pics. And you know they're going to use it. Like She's They're going to use that one picture they have on them. She got stone cold busted a couple oh, times. The well, the guy printed it out for Randy to sign, and then he just goes, you! And I'm in the background. I'm like, oh, sorry about <laughs> that. is classic. That is good. Classic Mindy. <laughs> uh, she's got to be a kick to have around. Yeah, she keeps me on my toes. I'm not boring. Yeah, that's good. As long as... She and he, both of you, keep each other safe and no more ATV crashes or anything like that. Yeah. I'd love to tell you that's going to be the last one, that's but there's a fair chance that's not going to If we don't true. die doing something stupid, I'd be surprised, really. And you know what? Make fun of it. Like, if, if I'd hit a Ponderosa and make fun of it, make all the memes you want, I deserve it. Just not a cactus or cacti. Oh, I've done that. You took me bike riding. Yeah, I took her mountain yeah, biking. I'm not good at that. Not her favorite sport. Not, not in the desert. No, no. Didn't no, have a motor on the bike. No. <laughs> well, I did that too. I took us into a wall when he was teaching me how to ride a motorcycle. Yeah. Look, we're One of the skills she wanted to learn, so, and, and it was my fault. I put her on mm, my bike. I was too, too tall. tall. I couldn't reach the bottom. I popped mm. the clutch straight into his cement wall, but he, he was really nice about it. We had that bike for <laughs> 24 hours before I broke the mirror. Oh, man. That's love. I'm like, he's going to kill me. We're bleeding, you know, whatever. <laughs> the whole bush stuck in it, remember? Yeah. <laughs> You guys have got a lot of stories to tell. I mean, oh. a lot. But there's one favor that I'm going to ask of you, Mindy. Uh-oh. Is when you know that this guy's going to have some drinks and go out and do karaoke, I will fly out there with a camera. <laughs> no, we I'll gotta, fly out there and I'll listen. We have. I got them for Christmas. I got them, too. I got them one for here and one for the vacation uh, house. A karaoke, karaoke machine? machine? Disco oh, yeah. lights. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> I thought he was going to go out in public and do it and I'd go out there oh you have it at home it's, we do friends and family it's a lot more fun no waiting 
pick whatever song you want. You just go on YouTube and there's karaoke for any song that was ever top 40 you could find. So, oh, geez. And we've done that. We've done that all night sometimes. Well, film them one day and uh, post it. Mm. Mm. I try not to create too much evidence of what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey. I'm, I'm now I'm going to finally say I'm not going to keep you to any longer, but I, I really, I have enjoyed this. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed doing the podcast and really getting to know Randy and Mindy a little bit better. Hey, you know, I'm going to ask this of you guys, please share rate comment and just pass along the word about open mic with chuck tuck it'll help this channel grow there's a lot of podcasts out there and we would like to get recognized and the only way that that's going to happen is if you do one of those things that i ask if you just share rate it comment and just spread the word around if you want to leave a voicemail comment or suggestions you could call in on the caller hotline at 425 998 8251. Again, that's 425-998-8251. Until next time, folks, have a good one. Thank you. So long.